1: Surprisingly, I've been laying, for your next mistake I put in work and watch my status escalate cornwall, Welcome cornwall. into the Punt and Pass Podcast I'm your host, Drew Butler, back at you with another episode of the Punt and Pass Pandemic Podcast That's right, another episode of the Quarantine Chronicles Hope everybody is staying safe, staying healthy, and had a great week Be sure to follow the show at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram And follow me at Drew Butler. Have another awesome guest for all of us today. We're venturing in to the world of baseball. Baseball obviously was right in the swing of a spring training. Opening weekend was supposed to be a week and a half ago. And the quarantine, the self-isolation, the coronavirus pandemic put it on halt. So spring training, obviously half the teams are in Florida, the Grapefruit League. The other half are in Arizona and the Cactus League. And we're heading out to Arizona. We're talking to Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher and former Georgia Bulldog Alex Wood today. Alex is out in Arizona still. He's staying ready. He's training, waiting for the green light. What are we going to talk to him about? Well, first off, how is spring training going? What is he hearing? What are the other players doing? If they do get the green light, will he be back in play? And then we'll touch on some baseball stuff, and obviously we have to discuss some Georgia football too. Follow Alex on Twitter and Instagram. He is at awood45, a buddy of mine, a damn good dog. It's going to be a great discussion. A little bit of news today, though. Man, this coronavirus thing is just absolutely crazy. The XFL, where my buddy and co-host Aaron Murray was playing for the Tampa Bay Vipers, they have suspended operations indefinitely. Indefinitely. Laid-off staff said that the 2021 return, as they had said, was going to happen because they were catching momentum, will not happen. So really just – Crazy. I think they got six weeks in. Obviously, things would be different if it wasn't for the shutdown, the pandemic, but um, RIP to the XFL. Man, I did not expect that to happen, but nobody is safe. No business especially is safe amid this shutdown. The economy obviously is what it is. Most importantly, though, everybody just needs to remain safe, stay indoors when you can, and remain healthy, and remain positive. That's what we do here on the Punt and Pass Quarantine Chronicles. We've said it. I told you on Monday. It is possible to remain optimistic about the future while still completely understanding the severity of the situation at hand. And one person who's stuck in the situation is our guest. That's Alex Wood. Again, you probably remember him. He played for the Atlanta Braves. He went to the Los Angeles Dodgers, was an all star, then went to the Cincinnati Reds. Now he's back with the Los Angeles Dodgers, a great Georgia Bulldog. Let's check in with him, see what's going on with the quarantine lifestyle out in the Arizona desert. Here he is, our guest, Alex Wood. All right, let's do it. We will bring in our special guest now on this episode of the Quarantine Chronicles, the punt and pass pandemic podcast. And it's our first venture (laughs) into the world of Major League Baseball. We are now joined. by Alex Wood, pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Of course, a damn good dog. He did play baseball at the University of Georgia. He also played for the Atlanta Braves and the Cincinnati Reds. He's back with the Dodgers where he was an all-star in 2017. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and Instagram at awood45. Alex, my man, It's so great to talk to you. I have had the pleasure of watching you in person a couple of times when I lived out in Arizona, which is where you are now. Um, I watched you take down the Diamondbacks when you were playing with the Braves. Really fun to follow your career, my man. You're back with the Dodgers where you've had so much success, feeling really good about spring training, getting ready for opening weekend, and boom, the sports world has stopped. So how are you doing? How was spring training going, first of all?
0: Yeah, spring training was great, man. You know, I'd, uh, I had a, a down year you know, last year. I was hurt for most of the season and did a lot of stuff, made some changes in the offseason. I came into camp feeling great. I was throwing really well. And then uh, then the pandemic hit, so so that was unfortunate. But uh, it was good to be back uh, with a lot of my close friends uh, in L.A. And uh, we were having a good camp, and we're excited for season. And uh, now we're just uh, biding our time, you know, getting trying to stay ready. It's, it's a little bit harder when you're a pitcher because, yeah, I mean, they, they could flip the switch in any second, so we kind of got to, Keep throwing and, and stay semi ready uh, for whenever the call comes. So it's a little bit of a different situation than than per, you would you would say for other sports. Even even other guys uh, uh, in baseball, you know, the hitters, you know, they can they can swing some or not swing at all and come in and have two weeks and, and be ready. It d- doesn't quite work that way for pitchers. But uh, we're, we're managing.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that's interesting. You bring that up. Obviously, pitchers and catchers report to spring training first, two weeks or a week and a half. Before the rest of the guys, you know, whenever they do lift the cloud, give you guys the go ahead, would it take some extra time? Would there have to be that acclimation period again for catchers and pitchers? Or are you guys just expected to be ready to pick up where you left off?
0: Uh, my, my guess is that whenever we start, um, you know, I think uh, we have a realistic start date, you know, is looking like mid June to July 1st, realistically, probably what they're shooting for. Uh, to play 100, and 100 to 120 games. And, uh, you know, I'm guessing they'll give us two weeks before the start date, you know, to kind of get ready uh, and build up. So just having a, a plan to be as built up as possible in whatever manner that that may be uh, for when one season starts. And they'll probably, I'm assuming they'll probably expand rosters to uh, 28 or, or 30, 30 players and, and allow you to have a couple extra pitchers, you know, for the first month, uh, you know, to kind of, you uh, know, have a few extra arms uh why guys truly get built up to where they should they should be uh and then kind of go from there
1: yeah it's just totally interesting i mean the more we talk about it regardless of what sport the more you understand how big it is than than just the guys who are at spring training i mean you're talking about what did triple a baseball do double a baseball like what does single a do it's just absolutely crazy to think mm-hmm. about obviously the majors is most important, though, from a revenue standpoint. When were the players beginning to understand the risks from the growing coronavirus spread? I mean, was there rumblings in the in the bullpen or in the locker room, clubhouse before the 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 the, the stop of the season happened? Were you guys even aware of it, or were you just so locked in on spring training?
0: No, I mean, there was obviously talk, talks about it, you know, and uh, I think that I mean, you look back a uh, four to four or five six weeks ago and I mean, nobody really got it right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there was, there was, it was 50, 50, you know, half, half the country, half the, half the so-called experts were saying, it's control. It's not a huge deal. You know, it won't, won't be, uh, uh, a long-term shutdown, whatever. And half of more like panic in the streets, you know? And so obviously, uh, the, the latter part of what I just said is kind of came to fruition. And so we knew that some things could go down, obviously, you know, shutting down the whole country and the whole world, basically. I mean, just it—it it still doesn't seem real. It seems like a kind of like a bad dream. And so, we knew that there was some things that could happen, or maybe maybe we're delayed uh, two or three weeks. But now to sit here and, and think about going another two two and a half months uh, before we really play meaningful baseball is is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, there's worse places to be stuck than Phoenix, Arizona. That's a fact, especially this time of the year. It's absolutely. One of the best places to be. We talked to a professional sports physician yesterday, Dr. Destin Hill. He's actually in Arizona. He works with the Arizona Diamondbacks and a lot of other teams There in the cactus league and he brought up a really interesting point he said that he thinks major league baseball may be best positioned to return first of the big sports leagues because what he's hearing is that most of the guys like yourself alex have kind of stayed put either in arizona or florida getting training staying ready for whenever the green light is given do you agree with that have most guys stayed where spring training ended
0: uh, I don't know about. I mean, I would say it's a total mixed bag. I say it's probably a, a, a heavy, heavy split uh, between three options. Guys that w- decided to go back home. Uh, the guys that have houses in the off season. Uh, you know, uh, I'd say a, a decent chunk of guys, a third of guys probably stayed uh, in spring training area, and then a third of them probably went to, uh, you know, the home club city, depending on where that that was at. I think we're probably best positioned to be the first uh, club back because. I mean, you look at the NBA. The NBA has already had a string of guys yeah. diagnosed with with the coronavirus, right? So, I mean, the, logistically, what they would have to overcome to feel comfortable and confident playing um, it, it is a lot more than what we're dealing with right now. Um, and, you know, and by the time we decide uh, we see fit, that it's comfortable to go and play, you know, hopefully there's access. Testing is the biggest part. And yeah. So by the, time, by the time we start to play, uh, you know, I'm sure that they'll, they'll ha- have their hands on a good number of tests, hopefully, at, the, at, at that point. Uh, and, and they'll have protocols set up to where if someone was to officially come down with the coronavirus, they'd have quarantine stuff in place to where they would be able to uh, get them away from the team as quickly as possible and also continue playing baseball.
1: Yeah, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel as far as the sports hiatus. A couple of tentative schedules have been rolled out. The PGA Tour and the World of Golf kind of started it this week. On Monday, obviously, everybody's missing the Masters, but they said, look, we're going to plan for a midsummer begin to the PGA Tour season, get the majors in on the back end of the fall. The NBA has kind of toyed with this idea of the teams heading to Las Vegas, maybe taking over a couple of casinos. And Major League Baseball said, and kind of rolled out this Arizona plan of isolating all the teams out in Arizona. Obviously, you have a bunch of facilities out there, and half the league is already out there right now. What do you think of the so-called Arizona plan?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's not, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's just logistically, that would just be an absolute nightmare. And then you talk about uh, having, to, having to play day games in 120 degree desert heat. I mean, yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw a quote from a player a couple of days ago that said, uh, "Arizona in the summer is where things go to die." Oh my god, <laughs> you know? dude,
1: you're not kidding! It I mean, is just it's, a brutal, brutal type of heat. Your skin, you can feel it on your skin. And obviously in Georgia, you had the humidity, but you know, out there in AZ, dude, I mean, it is 120 is 120.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, and then you start talking about the health factors and the health risk, injury risk for guys. You know, you, when you add that type of heat, uh, you know, and having to expend that type of energy every day, you know, it just and plus logistically. I mean, uh, to abide by social distancing or whatever it may be and to keep everyone quarantined for basically uh, an unforeseen amount of time. It just it, it just doesn't seem very reasonable. Uh, you know, obviously, if you got into a dire situation where it was this is what we have to do to play baseball. And where we don't play literally at all, you know, then it's a conversation. But I think at this point, it's not really it's very feasible.
1: Yeah. Have you heard anything other than what we've heard through the limited channels of information that the public has? I mean, as far as like if they were to quarantine separate teams or set you guys up in an isolated situation. Have they even asked the players if they would be okay being away from their families? Would the families be allowed? I mean, I don't know if they've even gotten that far as far as discussing. No, it it never got that far. And I
0: don't, it never got that far. And I don't think that it, that it will. I think that like, I think realistically that like, like I said, they're shooting, we're shooting for a hundred to 120 game season starting mid June to July 1st at the latest. Um, you know, and if that happens, you know, I think everybody, uh, everybody would have a chance to, to be happy. You know, I think if you start then, you probably aren't seeing fans in parks uh, yeah. at that point. Um, but you would hope that as you continue to, uh, you know, head into August uh, and maybe September, that uh, you'd have a lot more clarity on what's going on in the world and the situation with the virus and to where you could start opening uh, parks back up. Because, I mean, you have to, the thing is crazy too is you have to think that at some point, People are going to, I mean, you're, you're going to have to start making a choice, you know, and yeah. stay inside, stay inside or go to work, you know, and then you add the fact on top of that, the stir, stir craziness that people are going to start having, you know, from just having to stay inside for so long, you know, people crave entertainment and I mean, we're a professional sport, but in the, the day, we're, we're entertainers. And so, uh, you know, the sooner you can get really any sport back on television, uh, for the entertainment of, you know, the, the public, you know, it's, it's, going to be good for everybody,
1: you know? No, I totally agree. What are your thoughts on a shortened season? Because obviously a lot of things are going to adapt when we do get back to normal, however that looks. You know, everybody's already talking about are we ever going to shake hands again, stuff like that. If Major (laughs) League Baseball does have a shortened season of 120 or so games, and there's really good response to that later on from like a fan perspective or a viewership perspective, I mean, are you cool with that? What would the players say to that?
0: Yeah, I mean... 162 games is a, God, is a lot so of games,
1: man. many, dude. It's just absolutely I mean, unbelievable.
0: Just, uh, you know, it's it's like the it's like totally the opposite of like an NFL season. You know, they're they're so uh, they're once a week and it's a high impact, high stress on your body, like acute acute type beat down, uh as comparison to where it's like you just getting shipped away at over 162 games. You know, uh phys- physically, and so you know you have different things that pop up. I mean, it's a, it's a long season, no doubt, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a business. And so, I mean, it, it's, it ends up coming down to money, you know, the players would, would, would be on board for a shorter season, but, you know, with a shorter season, you know, naturally from the owners and, and yeah. from baseball comes, does that cut into our revenues, you know? And if it does, then, you know, it's, it's, it's really a non-starter for both sides, you know? So if, if there was something that could be worked out, you know, financially, uh where you know you kind of kept the same setup that you know you currently have uh and were able to basically make up the money from however many games the league would decide to cut off you know I think that th- things work out but I mean at the end of the day you know I'm playing a kids game and, and playing a sport I love to play but you know the, the the teams in the league remind you real quick that it's a, it's a business and so uh, you know, uh, it's something that's been talked about, you know, a little bit over the last couple of years. And so I, I could foresee, I, I wouldn't see it ever cutting down to like 120 games, but they could cut 10, 15 games off the schedule uh, and, and make some work. I'd imagine if, if that was something they decided they would, they would want to do the league.
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, the best thing about being a Major League Baseball player is being a part of the Major League Baseball Players Association. You guys have one of the best unions in pro sports. So if it were to come to that, I'm sure you guys would be in a good position from a bargaining standpoint. And then from the position of when they give you guys the green light or when they say, hey, it's time to make a decision. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, there's not going to be a vaccine. We've talked to a lot of people about this. You know, you're healthy, you're a young guy, and I think everybody loves to play the sport that they're playing for a living. You know, would you give it a go if you're given the green light?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, as, as, as soon as they, they allow us to gather, start some training, and play, I mean, there's no, I don't really foresee a single person, uh, you know, hol- holding out. Uh, obviously, you you still have to take precautions and measures early on. But I mean, as soon as they give us the green line, I think everybody's going to be ready to rot.
1: I think so, too. You know, and as a former athlete, and I want to ask you this from a college perspective. You know, obviously, you went to Georgia, you played baseball at Georgia, you're a huge Georgia football fan. Those guys don't get paid, you know, and I think that might get a spotlight put on it. You're going to put your health in line. Obviously, you already do because you play the sport, but you're not getting paid. You're not getting compensated, so to speak, for putting your health in line amid a pandemic. It obviously won't be a pandemic at the point where everything gets back to normal. But wouldn't you think that the college athletes would do the same thing? Like, these guys want to play ball. Whatever sport you're playing, they're ready to go. They've been training for this. What are your thoughts on a college athlete getting the green light? Um, you talking about when it comes to football season? I mean, really anything. Base. Well, oh, obviously, we're not having baseball this spring, but yeah, f- if football. Um, if they get fall sports to go, I-, I would think that everybody's going to be all hands on deck.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if they get, if they get the green light, I mean, I mean, it, it's going to be. If there's not, uh, if things aren't cleared up by the start of September. Um, for college football season or the NFL, I mean, but really college football. I mean, things are going to be. I, I don't even think about <laughs> what know, that would, what that would do to so many college towns so many programs. Uh, you know that basically support their entire athletic program off of football season. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so, you think about Athens as well but, specifically too.
0: I mean, it, it, it'll ruin ruin towns, you know. And so, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I've 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 been pretty vocal, uh, you know about. You know, players, college players' rights, and, and it's just an absolute sh- joke what the NCAA does, uh, especially to college football players. Uh, but you're, you're telling me that if they're allowed to play, and players, <laughs> and uh, uh, college football players saying, "I don't want to play because of the virus," yeah, that's where do you think that guy will probably end up? <laughs> Either in the transfer portal or off the, off the team. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, if they can play, they're going to play, and so it's just a matter of. Of politics essentially you know if it's uh politically correct to be able to open season up and feel comfortable doing it and you know uh then how many fans will show up uh, at that point you'd hope things will be cleared up uh enough by then to where it'll be an afterthought but we'll see
1: You're making a lot of sense. I mean, you pretty much had the same exact thought process as I do. And it's funny to see these college football coaches getting restless and kind of spewing at the mouth when they have a chance to. Mike Gundy earlier in the week, Dabo Sweeney as well. I mean, they want to play football. They're ready to rock and roll. If they get the green light, they're going to play. That's what they are. They're competitors. So... I totally agree with you. Let, let's uh, let's transition a little bit more so to baseball. We'll get off the quarantine talk. I got a couple of questions I need to ask you as a pitcher specifically. What's your favorite stadium to pitch in? Obviously, you've been around. You've been extremely successful. What's one place you walk onto the mound and say, man, this feels great. I'm ready to roll?
0: So I have two. So I have two. One of them is a little bit of a funny story. So when I was at the Braves, literally probably a week or two before I got traded to the Dodgers, my agent asked me, Uh, We went to breakfast and he asked me where I like to pitch at and where, if I got traded, where I'd want to go. Just uh, total coincidence. And I told him I love throwing in Dodger Stadium. And then I got traded about 10 days later. That's awesome. Uh, And then, but my favorite away stadium to play at uh, and throw at is uh, San Diego Padres. I love their mound. I love pitching in that stadium obviously can't beat the weather in the city it's, it's it's a good place
1: yeah that is a beautiful ballpark i saw the rolling stones there in 2015 oh, that cool. was uh that was sick who's the scariest player to pitch to i mean i know you can stare down anybody but who's one guy where you should sit there and go oh shit here we go i gotta buckle up Ugh,
0: that's tough there's a lot <laughs> yeah that's
1: i can honestly. imagine
0: uh you know the person that owns me the most uh I'll say that gets in the box, or I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to throw him, uh, It's probably Anthony Rendon. Uh, he's, we, we played a lot against each other when, when I was at the Braves my first three years, um, and I think he literally, he's, if he has 20 total ABs off me, I think he has 15 hits. Wow. <laughs> he crushes me.
1: And on the flip side of that, who do you love pitching against? Who do you get in the box and, uh, and just say, here we go, three pitches and this dude's going to be out?
0: I don't want to jinx anything, so I'll say a guy that I used to do really well against is now re- retired, Adam LaRoche. I used to Smarter. do really, really, really really well. I think if I faced him 15 times, I probably, I think I punched him out like 12 times.
1: That's awesome. No question. That's great. Who's the best pitcher that you've seen? And i got to take Kershaw away from you. And I'm going to take Max Scherzer <laughs> away also because Scherzer is just an absolute freak show. Who's the best pitcher that you've gone against? Somebody that you watch the tape, you break down, and you really respect his game.
0: Oh man, that's tough. There's also a lot of good, a lot of good ones. You know, I mean, I think I mean one of my favorite arms to watch right now is actually in our rotation, Walker Bueller. Um, I mean, his stuff's just electric, man. He, he and he just is a just a top level competitor. It's it's really fun to watch him go out there and uh, and pitch every fifth day.
1: You guys have so many studs on the roster in L.A. It's a, it's really an amazing collection of talent. You're primed for an awesome 2020 season. Whenever that starts up, obviously you're stuck in Arizona. What's your favorite restaurant in AZ? I've got a couple if you need some recommendations, but tell me where you're going out to eat. Where's your daily spot, like if you're out and about and you need a quick bite? And then where's the dinner that you're going to go to uh, somebody's in town or you want to make it special?
0: Oh, that's tough. There's so many good places to eat. I would say so. Like a good go-to for like lunch is like Takaya Organica. Okay. Uh, uh, it's a it's a good good healthy bowl like bowl spot or burritos. It's really 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 good. Have you been there?
1: No, we used to go to Chop Shop all the time. That's where we went for like our yeah. bowls and stuff. Yeah, Chop Shop's good too. We have one right right
0: by where we're staying. And then tough for. Dinner. Another a, a good go-to dinner spot that we've been taking, doing a lot of takeout from is Doe Have you been there?
1: Uh, I believe so, yes. That's a great spot.
0: Uh, yeah, awesome. And then uh, I think ultimately if, like, my parents come in spring training, we always go to uh, – uh, Mastro's, uh, oh, yeah. city hall.
1: Oh God. You gotta yeah. get
0: the butter cake, right?
1: <laughs> so good. City hall, steak 44. Like I think steak 44, in my, it's in my top three steakhouses in America. The Mastro family does it right. That, uh, city hall is just absolutely fantastic too, though. right there in Scottsdale quarter. That is, um Hey,
0: I need to, I need to have you, uh, have you in the wifey you need, need to go check out in Atlanta? Um, uh, Oh gosh. I'm, uh, I'm losing my train of thought. It's uh
1: The Steakhouse? Oh there's one in Bro Oh yeah, a Little Alley.
0: Houses. Yeah, Little
1: Alley. I have not been to the one you know, the one in Buckhead, I think, uh had a fire. I think the the only one open right now is Roswell, right?
0: They did have a fire and then there's another uh there's a French steakhouse. It's literally one of my favorites ever. It's in uh it's in midtown. Marcel. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Marcel, it's one of my favorite places. Place is
1: awesome. Place is so yeah. good. We went there for my birthday last year. My birthday's coming up. I got to. Well, if we can even get out of the damn house, figure out where <laughs> I'll get some uh, get some food. But yeah, great, dude. Great recommendations. And yeah, obviously, Arizona. There is so much good food in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. If we do get football, Alex George is going to be prime for an awesome season. But I am so bummed that they did not get spring football practice because obviously everybody wanted to see Jamie Newman, the transfer quarterback. You got Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator. Matt Luke, the mm-hmm. new offensive line coach. He used to be the head coach at Ole Miss. And then Scott Cochran, the strength and conditioning coach from Alabama who comes to be the special teams coordinator. How are you feeling about Kirby and the Dogs heading into 2020 if there is football, which I believe there will be?
0: I feel great about it, man. I mean, it's been a blast. I mean, I, I love Kirby Smart. I've had an absolute blast. Uh, you know, watching what he's done since he's been there so far, I wait, wait, can't can't wait for them to kind of get over that hump. You know, I've uh, I've been to the we went to the SEC championship, and lost, and then the na- uh, the national championship. It just just tough tickets, but you know, he's put the program in a great spot. Uh, I'm excited about the new offensive coordinator, just because you know I think last year was a was a perfect example uh, in college football with uh, with with LSU that you know. Uh, the days of putting uh, you know the best def- defense uh, on the planet uh, in Division in college football you know is just is just not enough you know you really have to uh, you know have to build your offense into you know a, a, a pro offense powerhouse you know like like those guys uh, are are doing you know we had one of the greatest defenses you know I think I don't know you know better than me one of the best defenses in my life I mean yeah. in my whole life that I've ever seen Georgia have. And they just ran out of steam, you know. They they held off as long as they could, but I mean, when, when you have a, a quarterback that can throw it like like Joe Burrow, and the talent uh, that they had, wide receiver, you know, it's just no matter how good your defense is, it's hard to stop it. So the fact they brought in someone like Monk, that uh, you know, uh, has a history of a uh, high-powered offense is like that. You know, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. So I'm, I'm excited.
1: No question. So you were at the SEC championship in December when they played LSU.
0: No, not that one. So uh previously al- the the, uh, Alabama, Alabama one uh, Alabama one and then uh uh watching that Tua throw that pass. Oh god. That's so brutal. <laughs> I, was, I was in the opposite end zone and I literally saw the pass go up in the air. I looked down to see where the receiver was, and I grabbed I grabbed my wife's hand and we just started. <laughs> we
1: just uh, and we just
0: started walking, man. It was, uh,
1: it was tough. Yeah, I mean, you talk about this, this past year's defense. So, like, They were so good, and everybody – Unbelievable. You, ke- you keep hearing about LSU this, LSU that. I went to the game, and I'm like, okay, realistically, probably not a shot, but if anybody's best position to take these guys on, it's Georgia with their defense. You know, this misses nope. that deep throw on the first possession. We punt, and then Burrow and the company just takes it down, a couple plays, touchdown. I sit there, I go – yeah. Damn, these dudes are for real like you you have that feeling you know when you walk into a stadium and you, you think you have a chance and then you quickly realize that you don't um I think anybody wearing Georgia gear inside the bends knew quickly l s u was for real, so hey we're looking forward yeah. to it. you know Georgia is primed finally, and I think legitimately, Alex, this is what's going to happen this year. It is completely up to the coaches. The roster is chock full of talent. You know, you got Monkin, you got Matt Luke. Can these guys put the players in the best position to go out there and succeed? We're all going to find out at the same time. It just sucked that they lost some preparation in the spring, and it's a bummer that we can't get on the websites and check out what's happening with Georgia football. Yeah. But what we will do is certainly keep tabs on baseball when it gets back, what's happening, and obviously everybody's going to watch out for you out there with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us. You and the wifey stay safe, stay healthy, and um, keep throwing that ball, man. We look forward to seeing you play soon.
0: No doubt. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Great to talk with Alex. Really appreciate his time. Man, that's just crazy to me. I mean, I know I always go back to football, But I can't imagine being in the middle of training camp, playing preseason games like they do with their spring training games, and then just having everything stop, not having the opening weekend of football like they did not have the opening weekend of baseball, trying to figure out when you're going to start the season. Is it going to be shortened? Will there be fans there? How is it going to look? What's the testing going to be like? A lot of unknowns, but it seems like baseball, like Alex said, like Dr. Destin Hill said, is maybe best positioned to return first. And I can guarantee you that everybody will welcome baseball's return with open arms. We are not taking sports for granted anymore. Can't wait for that. Beautiful spring weekend in Georgia. Hope everybody is staying home and staying safe. Again, a huge thanks to Alex for joining us. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at awood45. Follow the show on Instagram at pass. Keep giving me your recommendations of who I should bring on because we're going to continue to do these quarantine chronicles as long as we're all locked up inside. Follow me at Drew Butler, and I will see you and talk to you next week. See you.